You're listening to the Candid Confidence Podcast. I'm your host, Leah Pardee. I'm a spiritual life and business mentor, helping you create a life of freedom and purpose. On this podcast, we chat all things mindset, spirituality, and entrepreneurship. My job is to teach you how to believe in yourself, connect to yourself spiritually, and go after your big dreams. Girl, let's do the damn thing. Hey guys, welcome back to the Canon Confidence Podcast. I'm Leah, here to inspire you, chat with you, share my soul with you, all the things. Welcome, welcome. Today, I am sharing an interview with you that I did with Amy Pemensky. And she is amazing. I absolutely love her energy. Um, after this recording, I felt so lit up and I know you guys are going to feel the same. We touched on some really important things like moving through the feelings in our body, how to actually feel the feelings and move through them really specifically. We talked about confidence, um, feminine embodiment. You're just going to love this episode, so stay tuned. But before the interview, I have to tell you guys really quickly about The Awakened Soul, my new 10-week program. I'm so excited for this to start. It starts in just a few weeks. And, oh, it's all about learning how to dig out the old programming and patterns that are repeating themselves in your life and are making you feel like you're stuck, right? And you're, you're feeling without purpose. You're feeling stressed, you're feeling anxiety, and you're wondering, like, why does life have to feel this way, right? And so by learning this process of digging out like the ego patterns and um, digging out the people pleasing and the need for validation and replacing that with our authentic confidence by getting more in touch with our soul and our intuition, that's what this program's all about. I am so jazzed. So it's a 10-week online program of group coaching. So every single week, we're going to hop on a group call. I'm going to be doing some training, answering questions giving you guys any individual support that you need. And the best part about this program is it's it's really a great accountability and support system. So you maybe have been listening to the podcast. Obviously, you're listening to the podcast. You're reading the books. You're trying to work on your mindset. Maybe you're dabbling with like meditation and journaling. But you want to get consistent with all of this. And you want to really tap into you know, how do you specifically manifest the dream life that you're looking for? Um, and, and by having the accountability and support of the 10 week immersion, it's going to change everything because you're going to be in, you're going to be in it, right? And you're going to have my support with making real deep spiritual changes. So if that calls to you and you're like, yep, I need that, uh, head to the link, um, in the show notes. And yeah, you'll find all the information on the link. Okay, and then stay tuned for my interview with Amy. Okay, hi everybody. Welcome back to the Canon Confidence Podcast. You are in for a treat today. I have Amy Pemensky with me. She is an intuitive mindset coach, a spiritual teacher, and a podcast host. Her podcast is awesome, by the way. She supports women to connect to their intuition and to embody their confidence so they can create a soul-led life and business. Throughout her eight years of being a business owner, Amy has discovered the keys to creating a soul-aligned business and lifestyle. She teaches women how to overcome their limiting beliefs and listen to the guidance of their soul to create financial abundance and fulfillment. Amy uses a blend of scientific and spiritual methodologies, including meditation, quantum physics, and neuroscience 
to support women in stepping into their next level of transformation. Amy is also the host of the Feminine Frequency podcast, where she shares weekly wisdom of how to connect with your feminine energy to manifest abundance, love, and the life that you truly desire. Amy, thank you so much for joining us and welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. It's always funny when someone else reads your bio while you're here. It's like, oh yeah, those are like a lot of the things that I love and um, that I just feel are so much part of my calling and my journey. So I'm excited to be here to share more. Yeah, it's funny too, because I think that like for me before I had this business, but I was like dreaming it up. I was like, oh, once I have all these things in this business, I'll feel like a new part, like I'll feel like someone else. And no matter what really happens in the business, it, we really just kind of feel like ourselves. So that's, I think it's funny hearing our bio because it's like, wait, that's me. Mm-hmm. 100%. <laughs> yeah. Well, Amy, I want you to share your story with us. How did you get into the world of spirituality and how did you take that into creating a business? Tell us your, tell us the long, the long story. The long version. All right, yeah. here we go. Buckle up. <laughs> so um, growing up, I didn't have any connection to spirituality. In fact, until probably four or five years ago, I wouldn't have been able to really describe what that word means to me. And my journey to discovering my connection with the universe, my connection with my higher self really came through quite a bit of struggle. So part of my journey was my physical health, which is really where it all began, struggling with digestive issues, autoimmune condition, um, struggling with body image and weight and things that just really took up a lot of my mind space and felt really painful for me. And through really taking a look at my health and the, the fact, facts that were causing or the contributing factors that were contributing to my, my health struggles, I started to take a look at, you know, what can I do about this? Not what am I just going to take this, this pill that the, that the doctor tells me or be told that there's nothing actually wrong with me, or am I really going to be empowered around my health? And that deep commitment and desire to feel better is really what kept driving me. So started with, you know, more physical health symptoms. And at the same time, I was experiencing depression. I was experiencing anxiety. I had a lot of negative self-talk. And now we know that there is a deep connection between our thoughts and our body and the way that our body responds to our thoughts. And I didn't know at the time how much stress that was causing in my body to constantly be so self-critical and judgmental and just feeling really disconnected from myself. So throughout that time, I had started my nutrition coaching business because as I started to feel more empowered around the foods that I was eating, I started to realize like, wow, my body does feel better when I eat cleaner, when I eat foods that work for my body. And I studied to become a nutritionist, started working with clients. And throughout that time, I was also on the path in my personal life of, I would say, kind of like a typical path to success. So I, at the age of 25, got married, we bought a house, we had a dog, we had lots of supportive friends and family, and really on the outside, I would say my life looked pretty good. So I had my own business as well, and it's kind of like the dream, right? Like by the age of 30, have this stuff figured out. Well, inside, I really wasn't feeling aligned. I was, again, struggling with waking up with a lot of anxiety, feeling just really unhappy, and then 
blaming myself for being, being unhappy, being like, what's wrong with you? Everything is on the outside is perfect. Like, why can't you just be happy? And through a lot of self-discovery and going on yoga retreats, getting my yoga teacher training certification, um, starting to meditate on a regular basis and really starting to connect with my soul and what I wanted and what made me happy versus what did the world expect of me? What did my parents expect of me? What did religion expect of me? What did my, you know, my husband at the time expect of me? And really started to recognize there was a huge disconnect there between who I truly was and how I was living my life, the life that I was creating. So through that self-discovery, and it took about two years to really be honest with myself that I really was unhappy, and then more time to really get clear that I was going to make a change, I ended up getting divorced, which was a huge, you know, that, that moment where it was either I'm going to choose like my truth, or I'm going to keep trying to please everyone else. I'm going to try to put on this mask and pretend that everything's okay when it's not. And through that process, really opening up the life that I have now, following my intuition, uh, learning to have the confidence and self-trust to listen to myself, and then also to create the business and the lifestyle that truly feels aligned for me. So that's really where it's led me, you know, to a place where I have a six, multiple six-figure business that I love. I'm in a conscious partnership where I feel really met and seen, and I get to teach what I love. I get to have an impact on women around the world through, you know, these spiritual teachings that, that have really changed my life as well. Wow. Mm-hmm. That must have been really difficult as much as you as much as you followed your soul to leave that marriage that wasn't right for you and and I'm sure there was a part that you know felt good to choose yourself but what are some of the things you did to heal from that from that and recover from um, that loss Mm -hmm. yeah there was a big grieving process with that because it was grieving the life that I thought I was gonna have it was grieving you know my partnership someone that I really cared about our friendship Um, our families that had like come together. It was a lot of grieving of, you know, what could have been or what was going to be. And I think by that point, I had really dug in and done so much work around self-love and around worthiness and just knowing that if I didn't make this decision, that I would continue to get worse, that it would continue to negatively impact my health and my well-being. So I think um, part of that healing was just constantly coming back to myself and really loving myself through the process because it was super painful and it wasn't just painful for me. It was painful for the people that I cared about and the people around me. Um, but as they continue to listen to that truth and really allow myself to process my emotions. I feel like many of us don't really let ourselves feel like fully feel what we're experiencing. And I think that was the first time in my life, like with all the grief coming up that I actually let myself cry, like let myself cry in a way that felt so healing and also so beautiful at the same time. Like, even though it was painful, it was like, oh, like I get to feel all of this. I get to, this feels, I felt more alive in that than I did suppressing myself and like pretending everything was okay. 
So those are some of the, the things that really, you know, started to, to come into play as I made that decision. And I would love to, you know, share that I didn't do it on my own. I had support. I had mentors. I had therapists. I had incredible friends that I leaned on. Like it wasn't just myself, which I think is important to share. Yeah, that's super important. I mean, that's, that's a huge, you know, grief process that requires, that requires a lot. It's like you, you know, you give yourself the support that you need. Um, I like that you mentioned feeling the, the feelings because we have this, this whole culture where we don't want to cry. We don't want to experience our feelings, especially more so with men, but, but even for women, um, I, I went so many years where I like prided myself on the fact that I just never cried. It's like, that's really not good. So I guess if you could describe, do you have like a process that you uh, believe in, in terms of when something negative comes up now, or when you're dealing with something, uh, do you have a process for feeling the feelings and then like kind of moving through it? Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's a really, um, it's a journey to get there. And I think for me, especially from experiencing depression in the past, there can be a fear that we're going to get stuck there. So if I let myself feel this, then all of the sadness that I've ever had in my life is going to come up or I'm never going to get out of it. And the brain, the mind will tell you like, you're not going to, not going to get out of it. Like you're always going to feel sad. So I think first, just recognizing that like emotions don't last forever. Joy doesn't last forever. Sadness doesn't last forever. Anger doesn't last forever. We have all of these emotions for a reason. They're part of our expression as humans. And they're the way that we relate to or interpret the world. And we don't need to fear that we will always be stuck there. So that's one thing that I would say is starting there with that perspective and knowing that on the other side of the expression is a lot of freedom, is a lot of lightness. And if we allow ourselves to feel our feelings, they're actually going to move through us faster versus if we don't allow ourselves to feel them, then they're just this low grade, like, feeling within us that is always walking around with us. So those are some perspectives that I think are important as we talk about this work. And I think everyone has their own level of safety and emotional intelligence and ability to hold themselves just depending on where you're at on your journey. So the practice that I'm going to share may be meeting you where you're at, or maybe it starts by working with a therapist and having a space where you do, like, especially if you have a lot of trauma or if you're going through a really traumatic event, like maybe having someone really be there to support you while you move through your emotions is actually the safest and best option for you. So if we're talking about on like a daily basis, or we're talking about on a regular basis, how to allow yourself to process your emotions, the first step is to create a safe space for yourself. So what that means is it's going to be an environment where no one can interrupt you, where you don't feel like other people can hear you, where you have some privacy, where you really feel safe, both physically and emotionally to open, to let yourself feel. For some people, that's going to be in the shower. Like that's the place they like to cry. For some people, it's in their car. For some people, it's out in nature somewhere in the middle of the woods or something. Um, for me, I love being in my bed and like in my room that feels the most safe and comforting for me. And it does take time for me to get to that place of actually feeling like I'm ready to release. So I might have 
a week where something feels off and then eventually I am ready to have that release. So the timing of it depends for on your own process, but essentially you create that safe space. And then I like to use music as a way to elicit emotion. Sometimes if it's just like bubbling up inside or if it's deep in there, it's kind of hard to access. So turning on some type of music, if you feel sad, like maybe turning on music that really actually brings that emotion out. If you feel angry, maybe it's some, you know, more hard, hard rock music that brings that, that emotion out. So using music to elicit the emotion can be really helpful too. And then some other practices that I like is, is through movement. Maybe as you're moving with the music, you notice that there's an emotion that arises. Um, and then the last piece that I would share there before you actually have the release, for some people it's journaling, like I'm really mad about this or why I am feeling really sad right now is this and going really deep in it, allowing yourself to really see what's there. And then the emotional release happens. And I like to kind of give myself a time too. So I'll, I'll share with my clients to give yourself 30 minutes, maybe put a timer on, like let yourself feel. It doesn't mean that you can't keep going after that. But sometimes if we have just this environment where we've kind of set it up, set ourselves up for success, where it's like we have the space, we have the process, we have a time period, then we can let ourselves feel and then get up and, and wipe our tears and take a shower or go outside and like shift the energy. So we don't just like get stuck there. Oh my gosh. So many really good tips. I love the music idea. Um, and I love that you mentioned like going out into nature or wearing the shower, like finding that, that safe place. I think in the beginning of the answer that you gave, I think you mentioned the, the mind kind of tells you you're going to get stuck and it gives us this fear of feeling our feelings and it, it gives us fear from basically doing anything out, out, like out of the you know comfort zone and, and a lot of times feeling your feelings is definitely out there so I thought that was really interesting too like we're, we kind of have to expect that our mind's going to give us some some pushback when it comes to doing these new things whether that's like the journaling I'm a huge opponent of that or whatever it is mm -hmm. there's going to be some don't do that just, just stay where you are mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, if you think about it from when we're younger, we're really taught by our parents, by society that like, it's not okay to feel is really the message that we get. It's not safe to feel, it's not okay to feel. Maybe when you were younger, if you got angry, maybe your parents put you on timeout or maybe if you were sad and you felt ignored or abandoned, whatever it is, like you were taught through just observing that and witnessing that, that you're going to lose love if you actually feel your emotions. So those are some things that I would say are really deeply ingrained in us. We have a lot of fear around feeling and those are programmed in our mind of it's not safe to feel. It's not okay to feel. There's something wrong with feeling. It means that you're weak or it means that you're going to lose connection if you feel. And we really want to just really honor that part that feels really scared. Maybe that's like your inner child or your little girl that feels afraid and remind her that you're here and that it's safe, like you're not going anywhere. And it is a practice of building trust with yourself. Yeah, that it's so important. And it's, it's beautiful the way that you describe all of this. I feel like it's, it's really you know, tapping into some people who are listening, who are thinking, yeah, you know, I, I haven't been feeling and, and maybe it's time to go there and it's going to be scary, but 
there's some really great tools that you've mentioned for that. So I really appreciate that. Mm-hmm. What about when it comes to our intuition? Um, do you think we can actually strengthen our intuition like a muscle and receive more guidance that way? And if so, how would one go about doing that? And, and the question that I get all the time is like, how do I know it's my intuition? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So this is a, a huge part of my teaching that I work with, specifically the women that I work with, we've, we haven't learned how to access it. We haven't learned how to trust our intuition. We've had intuition from the time that we're born. It is our inner guidance system. It is that little whisper. It, I call it like the voice of your soul. And we are, we are taught growing up that it, we need to listen to or follow what is logical, follow what is safe, follow what everyone else is doing. And it, it can feel really scary to listen to your intuition because a lot of the time your intuition is going to guide you to something out of your comfort zone. It's going to guide you to something that is actually going to give you the fulfillment, the connection, the abundance that you desire. But the process to getting there means that you actually have to step out of your comfort zone and it might feel scary. It's going to feel scary. So this is why it's so confusing to listen to your intuition because intuition will speak and it will speak in the voice of something that feels exciting or inspiring or joyful. It will feel light. It will feel um, expansive. Those are some ways that intuition can feel. But right after that, the mind will kick in and be like, oh, you can't move to that place because you're, you're going to be alone. No, you're not going to be successful if you want to start a business. Uh, if you get out of this relationship, you're never going to find another relationship. Like your intuition will always be guiding you. And then your mind will kind of sabotage it. And then we just go back to playing safe. So you can develop a connection with your intuition and the way that we strengthen our intuition and that we practice connecting with our intuition is we have to get quiet. Our intuition lives in our body. It, we, we hear our intuition through our feelings, through our senses. It doesn't live in the mind. And if we are just rushing from one thing to another or trying to make decisions by doing a pros and cons list, should I do this or shouldn't I do this? Like, there's no way that you're going to be able to clearly hear what is your truth. You're going to keep going back and forth. Is this right or wrong? Should I or shouldn't I? Intuition is the deep desire. It is the longing. It is the, 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 yeah, the depth of your soul, of what your soul really wants. And we start by getting quiet. So the, the best way to start to attune to your intuition is through having some sort of meditation practice where you have space to get quiet. And even if that means like going for a walk out in nature or sitting in meditation, we really just need to create space to hear what that inner voice is trying to tell us. That's really where we would start. And then there are some questions you can ask yourself, like, before you drop into a meditation or before you go out in nature is what is my next best step? That could be a question that you can ask your intuition or what brings me the most joy? What feels the best for me right now? And just starting to tune into those questions, asking yourself the real questions and might feel scary what comes through. It doesn't mean you have to act on it right away, but first being honest with yourself about what your desires are. So that's how I like to start is creating space, asking yourself the questions. And then the last piece of it is starting to practice your intuition 
in an environment where it's not a decision that's going to be this huge life-changing decision because your, your mind is going to be way too scared and you haven't built trust with your intuition. So instead of deciding like, am I going to move across the country or am I going to completely shift my career path? Maybe start you asking your intuition, huh, what do I feel like for breakfast today? What do I feel like wearing today? Who should I call today? And just start to see what happens instead of, and I use the word should, but really asking yourself the question of like, what feels best for me? And as you start to follow those, what you'll find is that opportunities will open up as you listen to your intuition, be like, oh, that feels really good. And from that place of feeling good, you might have a different idea or know what the next step is going to be. And we start to build trust that way versus these huge decisions that feel to our nervous system like we're going to die if we make those decisions. Yeah. Oh, that's such good advice. I love that. Um, what about, like, obviously, as, as you've touched on, like, the mind is going to be there, you know, you, you almost expect it's going to be there to counteract the deep desires of your soul that are coming up through your intuition. Do you have any nifty tips for, like, for quieting the mind? So let's say you're on a walk and you're like, I'm going to make this a mindful meditative walk, but your mind just keeps talking to you about all the different things. Do you have any nifty tips for, for getting to that place of stillness? Mm -hmm. Yeah, there's so many different ways that we can train the mind to like come to the present moment. We're not necessarily trying to get the mind to be quiet. There's a lot of uh, Buddhist uh, philosophies that say like the purpose of meditation is to quiet the mind. Our mind is never going to be fully quiet. It's always going to be thinking. You might have moments of it during my meditation. I definitely have moments of silence and moments of peace, but we want to get out of kind of like that monkey mind where your mind is going in like 50 different directions is what we're looking at. So using the breath as an anchor, if you notice that your mind is going to a lot of different places is tuning into your inhale as you're inhaling, tuning into the exhale as you're exhaling and feeling your body. So breath is one of the ways that we get out of the mind and into the body and allow us to be in the present moment. That's one way that we can start to bring the mind back to the present moment. Another might be a mantra. So there's mantra-based meditation. There is a mantra that is just the words I am or the sound I am. And it's a mantra that just allows us to come back to the present moment or anchor in the present moment when we notice that our mind is straying to other places. So those are the two that I would say are really helpful for some people having some movement before they do a meditation or before they try and drop in and get answers. So moving your body, dancing, exercising, and then sitting down for a meditation can often help quiet the mind a lot more and, and really help you to ease into the meditation faster. Hmm. So good. Mm -hmm. Okay. What about embodying feminine confidence? What does that mean to you? Um, how would you describe like that feminine side of confidence and how would you help someone get started on that journey or progress on that journey? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So embodiment is, I guess the best way to describe it is like the lived experience of confidence versus the idea or the egoic version of confidence. So it's like 
feeling really grounded within your body, within yourself, feeling really trusting and knowing within yourself, to me, that feels like the embodied sense of confidence. And I believe that, you know, through connecting to our intuition, through connecting to our soul, through getting quiet, are ways that we can start to connect to that feminine energy of slowing down, of connecting to our bodies, of connecting to our hearts. And through that, really getting to know who am I? What, what am I here for? Um, what do I want to create in this lifetime? What do I want my life to look like? And when we know who we are at the core and we, we really know that deep down, it no longer is this egoic confidence of like, I have to achieve X, Y, and Z in order to feel confident or in order to feel good about myself. We get out of this idea that it's about success or it's about how you look. And it's more about the embodied feeling of like, I'm enough in this moment right here and right now. And I trust myself to make decisions. I'm confident in who I am as a person. I love who I am as a person. And moving through life that way of being confident, no matter what comes your way, no matter what challenges come your way, no matter what life throws at you, that you just deep down know that you have yourself, like you're going to be okay. You trust yourself. To me, that's a very like feminine embodied experience of confidence. I believe that's possible for every woman. I don't think we're taught that. We're, we're definitely not taught that, but um, I believe that it is possible. The confidence can be learned through practice. It's not something that just some people have and some people don't have. Okay, you guys know I'm a huge proponent of holistic solutions for our mental and physical health. That's why I'm so excited to share Premium Jane with you and even provide a discount code for 20% off. Premium Jane is a CBD brand that I trust because it's organic and made in the USA. For those who aren't sure what CBD and all the hype around it is about, CBD is the second most prevalent active compound found in cannabis. This gives you the medical benefits of marijuana without the high. There are tons of studies that support CBD with alleviating lots of problems ranging from depression and sleep to even cancer. I highly recommend doing your own research to see what CBD can help you with. It may even be a way to reduce or eliminate pharmaceuticals that can be harmful and full of side effects. CBD is derived from plants and premium Jane products come right from plants grown in Kentucky. I personally use CBD for pain such as headaches and period cramps and also for anxiety. The product I'm currently using from Premium Jane is the Strawberry Gummies and I love that they're vegan. They also offer oils, topical cream, which I've heard works super well for pain, and even CBD bath bombs. If you haven't tried CBD yet but are curious or looking for a new brand that you can trust, try Premium Jane. Just head to premiumjane.com and use code CONFIDENCE for 20% off. The link and coupon code are also in the show notes. 100%. I think that's really important because it kind of goes back to what you said about the more egoic confidence where it's about success and how you look on the outside and what people think about your life. That's, I think people, and like, I think people also associate confidence with being outgoing and being like the life of the party or the, the person who's moving up the ladder at work more quickly. And, and that's, that's not has nothing to do with confidence, but we get tied up in that story of what confidence is. And then maybe we think, oh, well, I can't grow to be like that. You know, when it's really all about um, like exactly like you described, you know? So yeah, I really, I really like that. um, The way that you described all of that so much. 
Thank you. Yeah. And, and from that place, it's, it's really powerful. What can happen? We really turn up what I call your magnetism, which is really where we get into like manifesting and attracting and, and calling in the things that you desire because you're no longer in your head, worrying, doubting, having all these fears, like judging yourself. And you're more, you have more energy to put towards the things in the life that you do want to create. So there's a lot of magnetism that happens on, I would say on energetic level, when we can get to that place of feeling grounded within ourselves. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. So, so good. So I want to ask you a few questions about entrepreneurship. So you have a pretty extensive um, journey that you've had. You know, you started with the nutrition coaching. I imagine you you pivoted at some point to the more mindset and, and intuitive coaching side and then to business coaching. But you can tell us how that kind of went. But um, what advice do you have for people who, who have experienced or, or are experiencing or want to experience a pivot in their business? And they're moving from one part of their business to a new part and they're, you know, afraid or, or whatever. Um, what came up for you around pivoting and what, what have you um, helped your clients with there? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love this question. I actually just did a uh, podcast episode about this that was released this week about permission to evolve. Because if we are not giving ourselves permission to evolve in our business, in our relationships, in our life, we're going to feel resistance. We are going to feel resentment. We're going to feel stuckness because we are naturally always evolving and growing and changing. That is the nature of our souls. That is what is happening in the collective of human consciousness is evolution And so if we don't allow ourselves to evolve, if we don't allow ourselves to change, we're going to feel out of alignment and it's going to be reflected in our business, in our relationships, in the way that we feel on a daily basis when we're not listening to that. So I started as a nutritionist eight years ago and really was working specifically like giving people meal plans, talking about what food to eat. And at that time, that felt really exciting and interesting to me. Like I loved it. I was nerding out about food. I loved learning about it. I loved studying about it. And as I started to, you know, support clients for over the next three years, I started to recognize, oh, there's something deeper here. I'm really interested in the psychology behind eating, why people make food choices. What are the habits that we need to shift in order to make sustainable food changes? What about the the connection that women have with their bodies? And started to get really curious about that. And that became part of my work. And then as I went through my own personal evolution with, um, you know, my divorce and my spiritual awakening and learning how to trust my intuition, I felt really inspired to teach about that. So I got my eating psychology certification. I got my yoga teacher training. I really went that route. And that was a really big shift for me to go from nutrition to mindset coaching. My brain was like, okay, so I've spent like four years building this business and people know me as a nutritionist. People know me as this food person. Who's going to follow me? Who's going to go with me? Who's going to evolve with me? Where are my clients going to come from? And, and there was a lot of fear of who's going to pay for me. Like who's going to pay for a mindset coach was what my mind was telling me. Right. And the, the amazing thing is, is when you choose to follow, when you take those leaps of faith, when you really listen to your truth, 
the, the, the steps that you can't see in your mind, the logical steps where you're like, wait, but this doesn't make sense. Those don't matter because the universe supports you when you follow your desires, when you take action on your desires, opportunities open up for you. People start to resonate because it's authentic, because it's true, because it's real. And ultimately my desire is to uplift the well-being of other people is to empower women, whether it's around their health or their mindset or around their business, like the core of what I'm teaching is the same. So yeah, that really has evolved. And, you know, my work now is really focused on empowering women with their mindset in both relationships and business. So I wouldn't, you know, definitely not a business coach. I'm not a relationship coach. I use the tools of understanding how your mind works and also embodiment practices to support women in overcoming limiting beliefs and fears and stepping into their confidence. And, you know, that that's really mostly working with female entrepreneurs because through these practices, my business has expanded and grown and I've been able to see so much growth in that play, in that area. So that's really where, where I've evolved to today. Yeah. I like how you, that it ties right in with the intuition. Um, what you spoke about earlier, like when you feel those desires in your body, like that is how your soul is speaking to you. And then you follow that in your business too. Um, I think that's just really valuable to share because you know, you, I always tell people when they're going into entrepreneurship, like it's, a, you're going to pick something and you might change your mind down the road. Like, um, and one of my favorite things about running my own business is kind of what you described with like, then you got really interested in the, the intuitive side of things. And you wanted to teach about that. And that's probably my favorite thing is being able to like read and study the things that I'm like so excited about and then teach them. And like, that's, it's amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it's so important to let ourselves evolve and to explore. And one of the things that I will say, especially for people who are starting businesses or who are looking to pivot, there is some strategy with it in the sense of being super clear with your messaging. So I see a lot of people getting shiny object syndrome where they're like, oh, that looks fun. Oh, I should go do that. Oh, I'm really interested in these 10 things. So I'm going to talk Mm -hmm. about all of them. And especially at the beginning of a business, I'm not saying you need to like niche to an exact thing. I do think that learning how to clear messaging about any offer that you have, any program that you have, the messaging has to be so clear that people know exactly who you're speaking to. Um, or even like the, the pain point that they're having or the desires that they have. It's really important that you know that because otherwise it can be confusing for your audience. And it, also can be a gradual shift where you take your audience or your community or your clients with you through communicating these changes and this evolution that you're going through. You're not just like leaving them behind and having them guessing like, whoa, what is she doing now? Like, where did that come from? And where they can really go with you on the journey. So take them with you on your journey. Some people are not going to follow and that's okay because you will attract new people who are resonant with your message at that time. But a lot of my clients are growing and evolving with me and will stay with me through the years and come back to work with me because I've been transparent about the evolution that I'm going through and I want to bring them with me. So that's something that I think is important to know is like, yes, you get to evolve and it is important that you're communicating it in a way that 
on a business sense, if you want to like be successful with the evolution, I do think that there is a process of vulnerability and transparency that's important. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I agree. I think there's a lot of people who teach that you need to have a really, really very small tight niche. And I think like that's cool, but like if that doesn't speak to you, then that might not speak to you. But yeah, the messaging has to like your your client, your ideal client has to know that you have what she needs, even if it, you don't have like a super tiny, very specific niche. So I really think that's important too. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Um, what's your favorite part about running an online business? I feel like the creation part of constantly like getting to create the things that I love to create, I would say that one of the things that I know for sure about my sole mission is to be a teacher. So I love that I get to teach and that I get to create offerings that allow me to take really complicated information and distill it down in a way that really resonates where people can actually implement the changes and implement the practices. Um, I also love that entrepreneurship really like allows for time freedom. And I wouldn't say like, it's not this illusion where like you just work whenever, wherever it's more of, I get to choose what type of schedule works really well for me. So for me, I don't like working before 10 a.m. That's time for me to do my morning rituals, to get a workout in, to get my mindset aligned, to get my energy aligned. And, you know, creating a, a workflow that works with my creative energy, that works when I know I'm going to be productive, but still having structure. I think that's really beautiful because I don't think we all, we all work in the same way. We're not all meant to work from nine to five and sit down all the time. So having the flexibility to create a schedule that works with my own workflow that I know works for me is, is really amazing. And then the last piece that I would share, because I absolutely love this topic is there's really no limitation on how much money you can make. Like there's so much freedom on as you grow and evolve and as you work on your money mindset and as you get clear on your value and like keep creating a greater impact in the world, like you're not limited to waiting until you get a promotion or waiting until someone gives you a raise or waiting until something magical happens. Like you do really have the opportunity to create the financial abundance and the lifestyle that you desire, which I think is, is, is really empowering and freeing. And it can also be really scary sometimes. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Oh, so good. Um, what about the part, what part do you like the least about running an online business or the industry itself or something like that? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I would say that the coaching industry is changing a lot. So if we're referring specifically to the coaching industry, I think that it's not just the coaching industry. I think as a collective, we're making a big shift in the way that we work in the way that we operate, which really is shifting out of this masculine energy of productivity and constantly having to do and to hustle and all of these things. And those aren't bad all the time. However, when there's an imbalance in them, when we're not really tuning into our intuition and our own essence, I think that there's a lot that can get lost. So I really see a big shift in the coaching industry of, of, 
more of the embodied feminine way of doing things and full expression, like not limiting yourself into a box or into a niche and just following a strategy because that will make you get, help you to create a million dollar business. Like if it doesn't feel good for you and it doesn't feel aligned for you, then there's going to be some blocks, roadblocks along the way. So I feel like I'm seeing a big shift happening now. And yeah, I'm, I'm excited to see that shift. I'm excited to see more creativity and more authenticity and people really following what their truth is. Yeah, I've definitely noticed that as well. And I think, I think it's beautiful. What about, have you, what's the time in your business that you can think of when something felt like it was not, it just was not going your way. It wasn't working out. Something didn't go as planned, but you, you know, stayed the course and it ended up actually working in your favor. When has that happened for you? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I'm thinking back to a really specific time in my business. And I love this question because every entrepreneur has challenges and there's you know, times where it feels like shit is just not working. Um, and we learn a lot from those times. So I signed up for a mastermind program. This is probably like three or four years ago where I invested in a really high level coach who was teaching this like online marketing funnel. And I just kind of like bought into this idea that like I needed to have these fancy things in order to like, have a sustainable, successful business and invested a lot of money, $20,000 into this mastermind. And I got zero ROI. Like I didn't make any money from this strategy. And there were a few reasons why that was. Um, one is that the strategy was not a match for where I was at in my business. That specifically strategy, that specific strategy required a budget for ad spend that I was not aware of. And also it really required me to have a team in order to implement like the whole strategy, like me doing it on my own and coaching my clients and doing all the things like wasn't really an option, like it didn't work. And so for a lot of that time, I felt really frustrated. I was really hard on myself. Like, why can't you just figure this out? Like the templates right here. And just a lot of inner turmoil around it. And then just recognizing like, Hey, like this isn't actually the right fit for me. And so I got to learn a lot from that process. One being like, it wasn't the coach's fault technically, like I like sitting there and blaming him was not going to solve the problem. It was more of, okay, like I learned a really expensive lesson and I got to see like, what are the questions that I need to ask before I hire a coach? Um, am I making a decision for investment based on like, because I feel like I need it or like I'm, I'm broken or I'm not going to be able to be successful without this. Or is it truly like, wow, this feels so aligned and inspiring. And like this coach is embodying the values and the ways of being that I desire to operate from the world. Um, and yeah, it was a really, really painful experience, but it led to a deeper level of self-trust for me of, of, learning how to trust myself in my decision-making. And I could have easily said, okay, I'm never going to invest again. Like, I don't believe in this, you know, in business coaching, I don't believe in like investing. It's too scary, but really that wouldn't have served me either. So that was a really tough time in my business. And, um, I learned a lot. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's also probably in part, like it's, it does, those things do teach us to surrender and to trust that it's going to be okay, even though we went through this time. And 
all of that and like the way that you describe learning from all of that that's that's so huge and unfortunately sometimes I feel like things do go wrong in our lives and businesses and it but it always does get to work out in our favor like we can always look at it as a chance to grow and learn or as a time when we can practice letting go of something that's out of our control maybe there wasn't a huge lesson but it's like let's practice letting go mm-hmm. so what about like what's the best decision you've made in your business so far something that really helped you grow hmm I think there's been, you know, a few times in my business now when it comes to hiring and having a team to support me where like on paper, it didn't fully make sense cash flow wise to bring in support. But I knew that if I wanted to grow to the next level or I needed to grow to the next level, that it would make sense for me to bring in support and allow myself to be supported. And like, those decisions have always paid off for me. They've always been beneficial. And those are the, you know, the risks as an entrepreneur that we take where we have to really trust in the direction that we're going and believe in our vision and like take the risk and, and really, you know, it doesn't work out every single time, but I would say when it comes to hiring support and hiring the right team members, I think that that has been instrumental for the growth of my business. Yeah. And, and yeah, I mean, entrepreneurship is like, it's just one big risk. Like it kind of, that's the name of the game. Yeah. You have a risk, you work in nine to five and you have a 401k and you have a boss and hours and all of that. And that's cool. But if you're willing to take some risks, then this is like the way to go. If you have a passion to follow, I feel like. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's not for everyone and that's totally okay. And there's also a lot of people who you know, are hungry for freedom and for, to create an impact and financial abundance and kind of like, this is their soul's path. So there, yeah, there's, it's not for everyone. And also it is really rewarding when you do look back and you're like, wow, look at what I've created from nothing. Yeah. It's crazy. Mm -hmm. Okay. So I have one last question, which is what is your favorite book or a book that has like, you know, exploded your life in the spiritual mindset realm? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I have two that I've been really loving recommending lately. One of them is more of a spiritual um, text or spiritual book. It's called Living with Joy, and it's an author. Her name is Sanaya Roman. It's actually a channeled book. So if anyone's familiar with um, Abraham Hicks or any type of like mediumship and channeling, it's a little bit like out there as far as the concept, but the text itself is so nourishing and so beautiful and it has a lot of like amazing powerful affirmations in there and just a really great understanding of the process of awakening of spiritual awakening of self-love of worthiness and I think there's like some really key lessons in there so I've read that book probably like three times now I'll probably read it multiple times in my lifetime um another book that I'm really loving I just finished is called the quantum warrior And that's more understanding around manifestation and the quantum laws of the universe and the science behind manifesting and us being the creators of our reality and the connection between our thoughts and what we manifest in our life. So the quantum warrior is really powerful. It's definitely more on the sciencey side, but it it is um, written really well. And I think it's really important that we understand like the behind the scenes of manifesting. 
Oh, those both sound so good. I'm I'm like really, really lately, like really into the science of manifestation and like the quantum physics and all of that. Quantum quantum warrior is is gonna be oh. yeah, amazing for you then. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. Okay, I just tried to read, I didn't try to read, I, I kind of finished the book called um what was it called? You are the universe. Oh yeah, he refers to it in this book. Yeah. Yeah. It was it's very sciencey, right? It's like very, um, uh, lots of different studies and stuff. Yeah, really good yeah. though. Um, mm -hmm. Good, okay, I have one final question. I wanna know what your morning practice is. Yeah, oh, my morning practice, I love my morning. So um, for me, as far as like my mental health and my spiritual connection meditation is a non-negotiable for me. So I really like to do like 20 minutes of meditation and I do some breathing, either some alter alternate nostril breathing or some just like pranayama breathing before I do my meditation so that I can drop in. So I do my 20 minutes of meditation. I also really love to get some movement in in the morning. So I like to do like a Pilates or yoga or go for a walk, something that feels like really good for my body. Um, and then usually I'll read either like an inspiring book or I'll do some journaling on what I'm manifesting and what I'm calling in. If it's like a longer morning, you know, on a weekend, I'll add in like Oracle cards and just like create a really beautiful space to, I mean, there's so many things that I love to do, but I would say like meditation is the foundation of my morning practice. Yeah. Okay. That's really good. Um, I am curious about <laughs> your manifestation journaling. Do you have just like any tips on that or any favorites that you do with that? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So with the manifestation journaling, we're really working with the subconscious mind and the subconscious mind doesn't know it, it can't differentiate if something is happening right now, or if it hasn't happened yet. So if we were to say like, um, I am a millionaire or I'm so happy and grateful now that I have a million dollars in my bank account. Like right now, even if you don't have that in your bank account, you're training your mind to believe that it's possible. So the way that the manifesting journaling works is that you're writing about your future as if it's already happening. And we do that through the way of gratitude. So I am so happy and grateful now that I um, have, I don't know, let's, let's see what we want to manifest. So I'm so happy and grateful now that I booked an amazing trip to Mexico and that I'm sitting on the beach and enjoying myself with my friends. I am so happy and grateful now that I have enough money to buy a home in my favorite area. And you just go in like a lot deeper into the feelings of what it would feel like to already have it. And you can mix in gratitude for things that have already happened. That helps the mind to kind of like not think the whole thing is made up, but you're really writing it as if it's happened already and feeling it, like getting into the feeling of what would it be like to already have that thing? And it's the feeling and the vibration of the feeling of gratitude and of already having it that starts to draw it into your life a lot faster. Mm, so, so good. Um, I absolutely love your energy, Amy. I love everything you've shared with us tonight. 
so excited to listen to your podcast more, the Feminine Frequency Podcast, guys. Go listen. Um, and and let us know where can we find you, follow you, what's your Instagram handle, all of that. Yeah. So the podcast is a great place to start, like you mentioned, the Feminine Frequency Podcast. And my Instagram is at Amy Natalie Co, C-O at the end. Um, I also have a private Facebook group. If you go to my Instagram, you can click on the link in my bio and you'll find the Confidence Collective, the link to it. And I do videos every week and share content in there as well. Awesome. Thank you so much for sharing so much wisdom today. Oh, so excited to try some of the things that you mentioned and thanks for joining us today. Thanks so much for having me and thanks everyone for listening. <laughs>